let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we pray that as we look at Psalm 67, you'll open our hearts and our minds to see something of the wonder and the glory of you and your Son. Pray this through Jesus Christ, enabled by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just a bit of a quiz to start with. If I said Numbers 624, would you know the reference? That's tough, isn't it? That's tough. If I said John 3.16, for God so loved the world, that's a bit easier, isn't it? Or even Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created. So yeah, it is a little bit unfair for me to do that because uh, number 624 is not in the league of those, but it's very familiar. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. It's a wonderful benediction, isn't it? And some of us who have been in the church for a long time can remember it from younger days. For some people, it's a little bit like the Lord's Prayer. It's one of those background memories that you sort of absorbed as a child if you went to church. It's a wonderful, well-loved benediction that closes many a service. In fact, some of you are a little pleased, thinking that was a short sermon. (laughs) Probably thinking, oh, communion already. But not quite. (laughs) And the benediction was all about the wonder of God's presence in our lives. And that's what it means by, may the Lord make his face to shine upon you, and may he lift up his countenance, which is another way of saying God facing us, towards us. So we're praying that God does not turn his back on us, which is the, the opposite image there, but that God will turn his face to us, which doesn't just mean looking at us, but welcoming us into his presence. And that's repeated twice in that benediction. So it's all about the presence of God in our lives. It's all about being kept. The Lord bless you and keep you. of being held fast by our loving God. Even though our wayward hearts will pull us away or there's the lure of the world or the schemes of the devil, that blessing we pray that God will keep us. And the third thing in that blessing is God's peace, that God's peace uh, in the midst of all storms and all of the distractions, fair weather and foul, that God's peace will be upon us. So it's just a wonderful blessing tucked away. But as I was reading through Psalms, I was very surprised to see it repeated in the Psalms, but also with a greater purpose behind it. And that purpose is quite a significant purpose. I'd always thought of that benediction as a blessing for individuals and as us as congregants, but actually God has something else in his mind too. He blesses us for a reason. And that's what we see here in Psalm 67. So we're going to look at that greater purpose that lies behind that very familiar benediction. So in Psalm 67 verse 1, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. So you see how that's the that's the benediction. It's, it's sort of shortened a little bit, but very clearly the psalmist is pulling on Numbers chapter 6 and he's just reworking that probably to fit the tune as, as psalmist, you know, songwriters do. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. And in my Bible there's not a full stop, there's a comma. And it's this next bit that surprised me. That your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all nations. So so a light went on and said, God doesn't just bless us because he's gracious and kind, which is very true, but he blesses us so that we can 
be a testimony, a light, an example to others. And I'd never made that connection before. God blesses us so that people will take notice and wonder why. And God blesses us so when we tell others about Jesus, we can point to God's blessing. So we might share to someone about Jesus and they will say, how do you know it's true? And one of the ways we respond is we, let me tell you the way that God's blessed us or blessed me. And and it may be that you have uh, something that's a prayer. You might have a family member whose uh, relationship, you know, they might be, a, you know, a, a, a child, adult child, whose marriage is on the rocks and it's and you've been praying and then God has this wonderful answer to prayer. And the relationship was, that was sour is now very sweet. And you not only praise God, but when you share that with others, look how God's blessed me, look how God's blessed my family. You see, that's a powerful witness It's a powerful testimony and a very right testimony of God's graciousness and his ability to bless and to make a difference. You know, it might be a health issue that you've prayed for and God, you've got a real sense that God's healed you and then you not only thank God, you tell other folk that God has healed me and he gets the glory. And that's the point of that benediction, that God blesses us so, verse 2, that your, your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all of the nations. So we are blessed so that God will be honoured and that it will be a witness to other folk and people will see that salvation and blessing comes from the hand of God. And that's a message that really needs to be spread out there, doesn't it? Because people take blessings for granted. In New Zealand, people believe Blessings are their due, you know, that I have a right to a good job and good income and good health and good relationships. So that when the normal slings of arrows of life come, they're quite resentful or bewildered or lost. Whereas we say, no, these blessings are a gift from God and we point to him. And the psalm carries on and picks up this theme, verse 3. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you because of these blessings. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And here we see some reasons for to praise God. God is firm and fair. He judges the people with equity, with fairness. And then we see that he guides the nations upon the earth. And so we give God all the glory because as people, individuals, as churches, as nations uh, bow the knee before God, he judges them with equity and guides them in righteousness. And then the very short psalm then moves to an end and it's a very short and very clear summary of what's gone before. Almost abrupt, verse 7, God shall bless us and let all the ends of the earth fear him. There we go. That's the summary, isn't it? God will bless us and all of the other nations will be in awe of God, who is the God who blesses us. And this blessing and this awe is happening all among us because about a thousand years after the Psalms were written, certainly David's Psalms, of course Christ came. And why did Christ come? Well, in some respects he came to fulfill Numbers 6. He came to be God's presence. He came to keep us. And he came to give us his peace. So he makes that 
benediction come true. First of all, he is God's presence. And we read about that in John chapter 1, 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Since that very Christmas, Jesus has been God's presence with us. And of course, since the resurrection and death, we have the Holy Spirit who makes Jesus real to us. So we have God's light, his face shining upon us, his countenance has directed us through Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And also the benediction talks about being kept by God. The Lord bless you and keep you. And of course Jesus promises to keep us. He has kept all of those who have been faithful and those of us who are faithful. And John chapter 10 verse 28, Jesus says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Isn't that a wonderful promise? No one can snatch you or I out of Christ's hand because he promises to keep us. And on top of this, not only do we have Christ's presence and the promise to be kept, but he extends us his peace. Peace I leave with you. This is John chapter 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. And so Christ gives us his presence. He keeps us and he gives us his peace. And all this is by grace. And the Lord be gracious unto you. It's all because of Christ's undeserved favour that he died when we least deserved it. While we were powerless, while we were ungodly, Christ reached down into our lives and opened our blind eyes and unstopped our deaf ears so that we could see his beauty and his grace and all that he's done for us. And this is why as we approach the communion table, we can have confidence in that benediction being worked out in our lives. And so we can confidently declare Psalm 67 verses 1 and 2. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among the nations. This is our claim, our confidence and our hope. So let's press into Christ who is so wonderfully looks to bless us. Let us come with anticipation to his table, the table that Jesus has prepared for us. And so as we do, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is always surprising us in your word with bits and pieces and major truths here and insights there. And we thank you for that wonderful benediction of having your face towards us and not your back, being kept by you and having your peace. And how that all becomes very real in Jesus. And so we pray that not only will we enjoy these blessings, but we will be quick to share with others how you have blessed us so that your name is honoured. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.